0: This morning, we're going to continue with our series called The Blessed, uh, blessed Living, The Upside-Down Life, and how the Beatitudes from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount give us an instruction about what it means to be blessed. And the way that God calls being blessed is different from what the world calls being blessed. It's upside down. And so we're going to continue reading today. We're actually getting close to uh, the end of these Beatitudes. And today we're going to continue as well. In Matthew chapter 5, the Bible says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those that mourn. For they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. And as we talked last week, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And today we're going to talk about men. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. What a sermon Jesus taught. What a sermon that Jesus would get up and proclaim. All of these types of people, the meek, the mourning, the poor in spirit, those who are hungry, all of those people that Jesus would get up and affirm would be the people that the world overlooks, would be the people that the world just passes by. But Jesus came to affirm that those that he talked about, they are blessed, 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 blessed. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed more than yesterday. And I want to to be blessed according to the world standards. I want to be blessed according to the kingdom of God. And today, the Bible teaches us that we can be blessed in the kingdom of God by being peacemakers. Peacemakers. Oh, how our world needs peace. Oh, how our world needs peace. We look, we turn on the news, we see it. For years, we'd see it peace oh, that it's needed peace that's needed in our own backyard peace that's needed around the world wars conflict social unrest uh, threats all of these type of things we need peace we need the peace of God we need peace that would invade our land but this morning I want you to see as we're going to talk about peace that peace is not a worldly principle. Peace does not exist in and of itself. Peace only exists apart from God himself. The Bible teaches us that sin is the cause of unrest. Sin is the cause of division. Sin is what causes hatred in the hearts of so many. And sin is the enemy of peace. Where there is sin, there will be no peace. Where there is sin in the hearts of men and women, there will be no peace. Sin is what causes unrest. But it is so important this morning that we realize that people are not the enemy of peace. Sin is. People are not the opposing peace. It's the root of sin. One commentator said it this way, that as long as people's hearts are sinful, there is going to be war in the world and the only solution is righteousness. This is why it was so important for us that we talked about. Before we could talk about being a peacemaker, we had to talk about blessed are the pure in heart. Because listen, if we're not pure in heart, we're never going to make peace. Being a peacemaker starts with being pure in heart. It starts with having the right motives. If you have the wrong motives, there will never be peace in the earth. It will always be for some other reason and there will always be some type of turmoil. But the Bible teaches us that peace comes from the Lord. And to demonstrate this point, I want to take you back to the very beginning today in Genesis, all the way in the garden, that beautiful garden that God created, the Garden of Eden, where God made his, where God himself created a place for him to dwell in harmony with his people, to dwell in a perfect peace. There was no war. There was no backbiting. There was no name calling. There was peace. Wouldn't that be a beautiful place to be? in the garden where there's peace? It was a perfect place. But I want, you to, I want you to catch this really simple thing here today, that what disturbed the peace in the garden? The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter three that the serpent came along, and you know the story most likely. A serpent began to taunt Eve and entice her in And because of the heart of Adam and Eve, they both fell into sin. And watch what happened. That as soon as sin came into the earth, what happened? Peace gone. Peace evaporated. Peace disappeared. So this shows us the point that sin is the enemy of peace. That if there's going to be peace in the world, it's going to start with hearts that have been born again in Jesus Christ. Now, if you go to Genesis chapter four, you're gonna see this interesting dispute. You're gonna see the first children that were born into the world of sin, Cain and Abel. And the Bible teaches us about Cain and Abel and what was going on in their lives. That the Bible says that Abel, he was a keeper of the sheep and that he brought a more acceptable sacrifice to God that was pleasing to the Lord. And Cain, he brought to, uh, to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And the Bible says that the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So the Bible says this. Watch what happens when sin takes over. So Cain, he became very angry and his face fell. This morning, I really want you to see the power of sin in the lives of humanity. That sin came in. And as a matter of fact, God saw what was about to happen. And he warned Cain. He told Cain, he said, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? He was trying to affirm to him Something. And if you do not do well, hear this. Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. What powerful words. And then, as you know, the story would go on. And Cain, anger and jealousy and rage would build up in his heart, and he couldn't stand it, that he would go and he would kill his own brother. Right there in that beautiful place that God had created. But listen to what, it's, what the Lord spoke to Cain. He says that its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. We're not supposed to be dominated by sin. We're supposed to dominate sin itself. And that's what Jesus' resurrection did. It showed us the power to take control of sin over our lives, to have the victory over sin. It shows us a basic principle, and I want you to catch this today, that if sin could cause hatred and envy to rise in the hearts of the only siblings on the planet, the only brothers on the planet. If sin could cause them to go at war with one another, then it's proof that as long as sin is in the hearts of people, there will always be turmoil. That's the effect of sin. Sin has a devastating effect. And today I don't want us to underplay the effect of sin and how it decays humanity, how it erodes us, how it changes our thinking. Jealousy, anger, a little bit of thinking that got into Cain's mind caused him to go to the extreme and kill his own brother. Sin is, it is not, you can't put your mind around it. It's of a lower form. It is, not of a human, it is not of a level that is understanding with the mind of God. It's below. It, it is thinking that you, can, you just can't even put your mind around. How in the world could Cain kill his own brother? How could Cain do that? How could Cain do something? We would stand back today if we turned on the news and we saw today that the Bible was perfect land and we saw Cain killed his brother Abel. All of us would wake up and we say, how in the world could he kill his own brother? That's the brother that he had. That's his blood brother. How in the world could he do that? Sin is a nasty thing and sin does a wicked thing in the hearts of people. And I want to show you today that the solution is only God's righteousness. It is only the righteousness of God. It is only the peace of God which comes through His Son, Jesus. In our world today, we are facing unprecedented turmoil. We are facing unprecedented uh, lack of peace in the world. But I wanna tell you today, we can look at it, we can stand back and get upset by it, or we can say that I'm going to represent to the world the peace of God, which is Jesus Christ. It will only come through Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 says it this, and I, I want you to read this with me today in your Bible. This is an important scripture for us to understand the concept of peace if we're going to be peacemakers. Paul is trying to reason with the church at Ephesus. He's trying to tell them there's been a problem in the church. The problem was that there was a group of Jews who thought the gospel was only for them and not for the Gentiles, basically the people who were not Jews. And so they began to get a little uh, upset in their heart. The same thing began to happen in their heart that was happening in Cain's heart. And they began to look and say, they don't need the gospel. Jesus came for us. That's basically what they were saying. But Paul began to go on and plead with them his case. And he said to them, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. We had no hope and without God in the world. But now you in Christ Jesus, hear this, but now you in Christ Jesus who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ for he himself is our Peace. Who is our peace today? Jesus. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Who broke down the dividing wall? Charlie? No. The president? No. Senators? No. Who broke down the dividing wall? Jesus. Jesus. This is a powerful principle that Paul was trying to tell the church in Ephesus, that if change is going to come in the world, if there's going to be peace, it's only going to happen through Jesus Christ and by his blood shed on the cross. To think it's anything else than that is a disgrace to the cross because he went and he did it for you and I. He gave up his life. It's only by the blood of Jesus that peace comes into the world. And so he said, so abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and peace to those who were near. Oh, what good news we have today that Jesus came and he made peace between you and I and God and allowed us to have a bridge to come together once again. That dividing wall of hostility was brought down once and for all. Peace is not an earthly principle. Our world has been searching for peace since the Bible. Since the Genesis chapter 3, the, the world has been searching for peace. But peace is not an earthly principle. It only comes from God. And peace was the price of Jesus upon the cross. Peace was brought into our world by Jesus going to the cross and shedding his blood for you and I. And so now we have a question. Second Corinthians five calls us this, that we are ambassadors of Christ. We're representatives of this message of the kingdom, messages of the message of reconciliation. That means that God wants to make peace between him and, and, and God himself, and that God wants to make peace between us. And the only way that that happens is through Jesus. So now we have to ask the question is, is the Bible teaches us that blessed are the peacemakers. So how are we gonna be peacemakers? How are we gonna be peacemakers? It starts by this principle here today, and I wanna give you this illustration here. Is If we're gonna be peacemakers, we first have to ask the question, what will I sow? What will I sow? So you imagine that if you have a handful of seeds and you wanna see peace sprout up, then guess what you have to sow? It's peace. You have to sprinkle some seeds of peace into the situation. You have to take a handful of believing God is able to make peace. Proverbs 6 talks about one of the things, uh, mentions several sins that God hates. And one of the things that God uh, hates is those who sow discord among the brethren. Instead of sowing peace, they, they sow turmoil. Instead of sowing peace, they, they sow opposition. They sow uh, bringing heads to heads instead of working together in peace. God desires in our lives that we would be peacemakers, that we would be the ones in every situation to bring about peace, healing, restoration, Bible reconciliation. As a matter of fact, the Bible is nothing but a message of peace coming to bring the message of peace from the very beginning, even into the very end, bringing peace between God and one another. And so we've got to make a decision whether we're going to sow peace or whether we're going to sow discord. And you see, when the peace of God is ruling in our hearts, when the peace of God is evident in our lives, we're going to seek to build up and edify and not tear down and destroy. We will be Bridge builders, not the ones who destroy the bridges. And that's exactly what Jesus came to do, was he came to be a bridge builder. He came to demonstrate his life upon a cross, the blood that was shed, and made a way for you and I to the Father. And without the payment that Jesus paid upon the cross, none of us would have peace with God. We wouldn't have that bridge to the Father. Colossians 3 says it this way, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, let it rule in your hearts. What does that mean? That means that peace has to actually be on the throne. And in order for peace to be on the throne, that means the Prince of Peace has to be on the throne. You see, being a peacemaker is not about finding validation for our cause or our side or our argument. Being a peacemaker is about representing the cross and the, what it means to be, make peace with God and with one another. And oftentimes we get this idea of, of that we have to feel like we have to take a side. I'm on this side or that side, but listen, if we take sides of the gospel and we don't represent the full gospel, then it might as well not be any gospel at all. We need the full gospel, not just a half gospel, the full gospel. If we're going to talk about God's wrath, then we've got to be willing to talk about God's mercy. If we're going to be willing to talk about God's justice, then we've got to be willing to talk about God's forgiveness. If we want to talk about God's punishment of sin, we've got to be willing to talk about God's love. We're not called to represent a lopsided gospel. We're called to represent the full gospel, the full counsel of the Word of God. Not just pieces, not just little bits and pieces. The full gospel. Sowing peace. Paul said it to Timothy this way, the time is coming when people, they're not going to listen to good teaching. Instead, they're going to look for teachers who will please them by telling them what they are only wanting to hear, what they're itching to hear. And you see, when we go into something and we only represent one side of the gospel and we don't give the full gospel, we don't tell the whole story, then what we're doing is we're doing exactly what Paul told Timothy. We're only putting teachers to, the, to our ears that we want to hear. We're handpicking the gospel and not giving the full gospel. But listen, God has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. And if reconciliation is going to come with people in this world, we've got to be willing to bear the full message of reconciliation. That God so loved this world that he sent his only son. That you and I, we're lost without him. The full gospel that goes all the way back to Genesis. It's only because of Jesus that any of us have peace today. It's only because of Jesus, as we talked about in uh, Colossians or Ephesians, rather, that it's, we were alienated. We were estranged. And it was because of the peace of God that brought us near once again. We will do the world a huge injustice by only showing a lopsided gospel and not the full gospel. The world needs to know the message of Jesus, not the message of Charlie. They don't need to know the message of what I want people to hear. They need to know the full gospel of Jesus Christ. And as ambassadors of the kingdom, we have a commitment to bear truth to the full gospel, to the whole thing, not just a little bits and pieces of it. But the good news is, as the Bible says that our God, he is a God of peace. He is, as Gideon called him, the God of peace. The Bible even says that our Savior is the Prince of Peace. And the Bible even goes on to say that the Holy Spirit gives us the fruit of peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The source of peace in our world is God, and there is no other source. If you and I are going to be peacemakers... We must know God and draw upon his holy peace. Uh, When we get into situations and we're talking, you know what? We're going to be called to make peace even with our enemies. Listen, next week we're going to talk about blessed are those who are persecuted. And if you can't be willing to be a peacemaker, we'll never be able to be blessed as those who are persecuted. We've got to be willing in our hearts to say even with our enemies, we're willing to make peace. Jesus came into this world, and he was standing in front of a world full of enemies, but yet he bore the message of peace, which was his own life. We have been called to make peace with our enemies. And listen, one commentator said it this way. Sometimes we won't even succeed. It's just like when you're throwing seed, right? I threw some seed this, this past, early in this summer, and, uh, of some tomatoes. And you know how many tomatoes I got? Zero. You know why I didn't get any tomatoes? I didn't have enough sun for them, but that's another story. The truth is, is that sometimes you throw seeds of peace and you don't always reap it back. But God has called us as Romans 12, as Paul admonishes the Romans. He says, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And in doing this, you will reap burning coals on his heads. But do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And you wanna know how you overcome evil with good? It's by sowing peace. I'm just gonna be a peacemaker. I'm not gonna sow discord. I'm gonna walk in and sow peace. I wanna be a peacemaker. Listen, what would happen if the world, what would happen if the church in a hostile culture that we're living in, not just here, but around the nations would get a hold of the message of peace that we're going to sow seeds of peace. You come as an enemy, but we come as seeds of peace. We don't want to retaliate. We want to give you the gospel of peace. We want to show you that Jesus came and made a way for you and I. It's the message of peace. Our God is a God of peace, and we, God hasn't left it us up to us alone. That's why the Holy Spirit's working in us, because the fruit of the Spirit is peace. Isn't that good news, that even when you don't know how to make peace, the Holy Spirit is working through you and I to make peace? Oh, I need that. There's some times that my mouth might want to say something different that the Holy Spirit is telling me. But listen, I've got to be willing to take it under control and master it. Don't let, like what happened to Cain, sin dominated him, and he didn't dominate sin, but the Holy Spirit, he gives us power to walk over that, to have authority over that through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Musicians are going to come. I want to leave you with a couple of few things here as we wrap up. It's the message of peace. We need the message of peace. Listen to this. Isaiah would prophesy. You know the scripture. We read it at Christmas all the time. We stand up and we sing songs about it. It's a beautiful scripture. Isaiah would prophesy in Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is given. And to us a son is born. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, Isaiah would write that as a prophecy. But think about from Isaiah's perspective for a moment. Isaiah was a prophet. He would try to bring the people back to God. And as he would stand back and he would write this prophecy, he would realize that one day the things that I see and I see the people that are away from the Lord, I see the people who are distraught. I see people going at each other. I see fights. I see brewing. I see all of this happening before my eyes. Destruction, chaos before me. But he would say, before me, I behold, coming there is one. And his name is going to be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of peace. I see chaos. I see turmoil. I can imagine Isaiah writing, but I see one who's coming and his name is the Prince of Peace. Listen, the Bible teaches us, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. We reflect who our father is the most by being peacemakers. Because God, Jesus was God's peacemaker on the earth. And when we become peacemakers in this world, instead of one who stirs up conflict and sows discord, when we become peacemakers, God says that he is willing to call us his children. Do You catch that today? That God says when we're willing to go out in this world and bear the message of peace, God says, I'm willing to call you my own child. I'm willing to say, you belong to me. I want you in my family. That's what he's saying. We reflect who our Father is, and God is happy to call us His child when we're peacemakers. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and when we make peace, we are like the Son of God. So therefore, let it be so, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Because of the price Jesus paid on the cross. He was able to say, peace I leave to you and my peace I give to you. He was able to say, I have told you all things, these things, so that in me you may have peace. I want peace today. How about you? And Colossians says this. And though him to reconcile himself, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross I don't know about you but I want to honor the blood of Jesus that was shed upon the cross for you my sins and yours I don't want to bring disgrace to it I want to sow peace I want to take the message of peace into this world right now our world needs the message of peace they need to see the God who came and even though they were willing to kill him on a cross he said I forgive them they don't know what they're doing It's the message of peace. The the world needs to see the peace that says, though you slay me, yet will I trust him. The world needs to see the message that says, you come against me with a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. The world needs to see the message of peace that Jesus Look, it wasn't just a symbolic thing. It really was a picture of what he would do, that Jesus would stretch out his arms. He would put a hand to us as his people and a hand to his father saying, Lord, I give myself as a sacrifice to bridge the gap that this divide, it doesn't have to be here no more. He came and tore down the wall of hostility. Listen, church, hear me today. How dare us bring it into the church and allow it to divide us? Don't let that happen. Don't bring disgrace to the name of the Lord. Let peace come. Let peace come. You're my brother. You're my sister. If there's something between us, work it out. It's okay. We can be brothers and sisters. We've been bought into the family of God. And what our world is seeing right now is a refining, is a strengthening. And the church is learning whether they're going to be deserters or they're going to be devoted. When things get difficult, are we going to hang on to Jesus or are we going to leave altogether? And in this season right now, we've got to be willing to be peacemakers. Blessed, blessed, blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, how God is going to bless the peacemakers. He's going to walk right beside you. Listen, the thing about being a peacemaker is, is God comes right beside that person. It says, this is my son. This is my daughter and whom I'm well pleased. I'm well pleased. Let's stand today. Close your eyes with me this morning. Lord, today, Lord, we stand before you. God, this morning, I just feel so compelled to stand on behalf of our world that needs peace right now, Lord, to stand in the gap, Lord. Oh, how we witness so much happening around us, even in our own nation, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the message of peace. Lord, I thank you for the price you paid for me. Lord, I was once alienated and estranged. I was all left to my own devices. I didn't have a way out. You came and you bore your life upon the cross and made a way. And Lord, today I pray that I may be that that all of us here today might be the bearers of that message of peace. Oh, how we might represent to the world that Jesus is a peacemaker. That Jesus came to bridge the gap. Lord, there's no other else person that I want to exalt and glorify other than you today. And Lord, today may we be sowers of peace. I pray, God, that you would draw us nearer to one another, Lord. That we would be the family of God. That, Lord, you would look upon us and say, Blessed are the peacemaker, for they shall be called my children, my church. Lord, today I pray that we may... Represent you well, Lord, that we may show the world that just as you came and bearing the message of peace, we might bear the message of peace to the world. Oh God, I pray that we wouldn't become deserters. We would become devotees to your name, to the message of Jesus. We're not going to rally to one side or the other. We're going to rally to the gospel, to the full gospel. Lift the name of Jesus higher than any other name. Lord, today I pray that there's someone here today and they don't know the message of peace. They're living in turmoil. They're wondering what is going on in my life. Sin has had the rule over them. But today I pray that the peace of God would rule and reign in their hearts today. That sin would be dethroned and Jesus, you would have your rightful place in all of our hearts today. Father, we repent and we turn from our wicked ways today. And we look to you today, God. Forgive us of all of our unrighteousness, Father. And Lord, you would gladly say to us, I will forgive you of all of it. And God, I thank you today for peace in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This morning, you need peace in your life. You've got something you're dealing with. I pray, would you take a moment, kneel where you're at. Lift up our our nation. Lift up our churches around the world. We're going to be better together. I believe it. We're going to be an army for Jesus, not soldiers. We're going to be a house of God, not little tents. God's going to make us one as we are peacemakers. choir is going to sing. Feel free to pray. Call upon the Lord.